Welcome to Chase Oaks. If you're looking for a church that's praying for snow, welcome to us. We're here. It's hot outside. My wife was trying to talk to me the other day. We were indoors, and I said, I'm listening to you, but it's so hot outside. I just came from outside. I'm still dealing with that right now. So can we talk about this a little bit later? And so uh, we are, we're just so glad that you're here. We're so glad that you uh, would give us uh, about an hour of your 4th of July weekend. I want to say hello to all my friends watching online and everyone uh, that's watching from all over the DFW Metroplex, probably some people that are watching from the beach right now. And so they're like, let it snow. No, no, we don't want it. We don't want it to snow. Don't ruin our vacation. Uh, we're kicking off a brand new series called Summer Snowball, because one of the things that we realize is that uh, this is sort of the kind, kind of time of the year where uh, let's call it halftime. You know, it's, it's like, is it July already and this is sort of a series where we're just we're checking in with you this is the weekend where we just say hey how's your year going specifically how's your faith right here right now because what can happen for you and me is you know we we have lots of resolutions that we make at the beginning of the year and we're going to be more spiritual and more awesome and, and more in shape we're going to eat healthier and then you know february comes and then here we are in july and what can happen is we could just we could just lose a little momentum and so we we wanted to put together a series to say hey how could we help people gain some momentum in the middle of the summer yes uh, we want you to be able to Go on vacation and take a break. However, the one thing we do not want you to take a break from is your faith. And I just got the sinking suspicion that there are people here today, that there are people that are watching today, people that are listening today, that could just use a little, a little shot in the arm, a little momentum with their faith. And so what we did is uh, we polled a lot of people that we believe have a very strong faith, a thriving faith. And we began to ask them questions about what were some of the key ingredients that really helped them along their journey. And so each week in this series, we're going to look at one of five things, five key ingredients, five catalysts, if you will, that help somebody have the kind of faith, the kind of momentum in their spiritual journey that has helped them have that for the long haul. This week, we're going to look at the first catalyst. And one of the things that we discovered about people that have a thriving faith is that they have been exposed to practical teaching. Practical teaching. Like if you show me somebody that has a strong faith, they are not just a person that has just uh, been exposed to uh, sound teaching, good doctrine, good theology. Uh, when we use the phrase practical teaching, we're talking about somebody that heard something great and then found a way to copy and paste that into their life. What we don't want for you is for you to fall for the trap of showing up to a church like this or listening to a message like this online and falling for the trap of just going, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good. And then you just kind of like walk away and then people say, hey, how was church? And you say, man, it was good, it was good, it was good. Just so you know, the goal is not for this to be good. The goal is for you to go home and do good. The goal is for you to be able to enter into your workspace and change something there. 
The goal is for you to be able to go home and treat your spouse a little bit different. The goal is for you to walk away with a little bit more patience than you did when you walked in. The goal is for you to have an anchor for your soul later on in the week. We don't desire, you're not going to have faith momentum just being a Sunday Christian. Some people think, well, I'll just get some more faith momentum if I just, you know, go to church more. But... Church attendance is not what makes you or me a Christian. It's like going to Chipotle and thinking I'm going to turn into a burrito. It's just not going to happen, okay? But for us, we really have to get to a place to say, man, what is it that, that we're being exposed to reading? And then how am I taking what I read and making sure that somebody else is impacted by what I heard. So if you don't ever have homework, this is the series where you're going to have some homework. And, and here's what we believe. We believe one step at a time, your life can change. Like if, if you're at a place in your life, and maybe, maybe you're not even a Christian. That's fine. We're so glad that you came today. Uh, I just want you to know this. Your life can turn around. One step, one decision at a time. And perhaps this is one of those series that can get you back on the train. Uh, Jesus talked uh, about this. Jesus talked about what can happen in a person's life based off of how they interact with God's word. I want us to take a look today at Mark chapter 4. It's, it's one of my favorite passages in scripture. Mark chapter 4 verse 3 it says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed as he scattered it across his field. Some of the seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. Shocker. And since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plant, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. And they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Uh, whenever Jesus was trying to help his disciples or his audience understand what the kingdom of heaven was like, he'd always tell some some sort of story, some sort of parable. Now, this is an agricultural society, and so he is given an illustration about seeds being planted in the ground. And something different can happen depending on how the soil is. And so then Jesus goes on to explain his parable in Mark 4, verse 14. It says, the farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. So right away, he's giving us uh, what scholars would call, you always need the key to the parable. There's always a key ingredient within the parable for us to be able to understand it at a high level. So this seed in this story is about God's word being planted somewhere, somehow in your life. So whether you've been exposed to it here at Chase Oaks Church, the Bible app, uh, a high school teacher, Sunday school teacher, whatever your upbringing is, each and every one of us this weekend has to, has to come to grips with what are we going to do with God's word. And here's the deal. I, I, I realize that we could bring in a lot of context for how 
our upbringing was and our experience with this pastor and our experience with this church and this neighbor and my mom and my dad. And, and I was we were Catholic and this and that. And, and we can do all that. But for you this weekend, this is about your faith and you getting some momentum in it right here in July. And at some point, you've got to answer for yourself. What's my attitude going to be towards God's word? And Jesus says, hey, there's, there's, a, there's a few things that can happen. In fact, he, he lays out four what I call levels, if you will, as to what can happen when somebody is exposed to God's work. And, and, it's, and it says this in Mark 4, verses 15. It says, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. You know, this, this, this really breaks my heart because, you know, this isn't about, hey, you heard a message on a Sunday, you listen to a podcast, and, and it's not that you're just this bad person. <laughs> it's not that someone went and, and did evil. No, 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 no. It's just that you didn't have a plan to copy and paste on Monday what you heard on a Sunday. And what could happen at a very surface level is that we hear amazing things and it go in one ear and out the other. You know what I wish Jesus would have said? I wish Jesus would have said, if only the seed planter would get their act together. <laughs> Like, if only the deliverer of God's word would just get better or get fun. Like, like I wish the onus was on me. You know what I mean? It's like, Ryan, if you would just, you know, study a little bit harder. and like, No, at some point, each and every one of us has to wrestle to the ground. What kind of soil am I? What is my posture towards God's word? Now, I'll just be honest. I, I've been a Christian pretty much my whole life. I'm a pastor's kid. So uh, I grew up in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. If you don't know what that means, it just means it's a black church. I don't know how else to explain it to you. Um, and th at this church, like uh, the sermons were about three hours long. My dad used to write his sermons on legal pad in all caps. And it was like 15 pages. And he would just uh, a very traditionally, he wore a robe. He would sweating all the time, you know, and like he just kind of like went through the deal. And so uh, from a very, very early age, um, I have just been around uh, the word of God, church, Christians. And, and, I, and I'll just be honest. There comes a point where you just kind of go, I know the story. I mean, I've heard David and Goliath personally. I've heard that story preached probably a thousand times. Goliath has never won. Like, there's no switch up. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I, I get it, you know. You, you give it to me from the angle of Jesse, the dad, and Ray, you know. Or David's number eight. And you're like, oh my gosh, what is it like to be the eighth pick? I mean, I could do this all day long. Like, But at some point, you, you kind of you kind of become a veteran. That you're kind of just like, meh. And, and I think, like, our posture, the longer you're a Christian, let's just be honest, the, the more likely you are to lose your awe and lose your wonder and, and lose your, your curiosity, your passion 
and your love for the word of God. I, I, I was uh, around Christians and in church so much, I decided to go to a Christian school, right? So like all of us pastors' kids can get together, right? And, and, and then um, instead of going to church three times a week, um, because we were there for like youth service and then at our church we had a prayer service and then we they would just start making up services like we do like revival service and then I had like choirs. It was like I was always there, you know, and then um, at college uh, we had chapel every day, every single day. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, they would post the schedule for who is speaking at said chapels. And me and my friends would be looking at the board, be like, we going Monday. Oh, we definitely not going Tuesday. No, 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 no. We don't know who that dude is. And like, we were kind of picking and choosing based off of our favorite speakers. You know, it's like, oh, this will be good and this won't. And, and I just, I can't tell you how many times I would skip a Tuesday chapel. And uh, we always would have lunch after chapel no matter what. So we would do like the chapel meetup and we would like critique the service. Like, who are we? What are we doing? And so um, we would... Every now and then I would meet some friends for lunch that went to the boring chapel because you only had so many skips per grade. So freshmen got 15 skips, seniors got 60 skips, okay? Like senior year, it was like, I'm barely going. I don't even know why I'm here, you know? So we would always have these like meetups after and kind of discuss, you know, the pros and cons of, of what was going on. And I would always be surprised when somebody would go to what I deemed a boring chapel. And they, they'd come to lunch and they'd say, changed my life. Today was awesome. I'll never forget it. And I just, and it, and it convicts me to this day. I can't tell you how many leadership conferences I've been at. Where I, posture matters. Because there's a little thing in me, I can't speak for you, I'm just speaking for me right now. Okay? I, there's this little thing for me, in me that just kind of sometimes is listening to a guy like me, and I just kind of, arms crossed, what you got for me today? Like I'm an America's Got Talent judge, you know what I mean? Like, I might hit the buzzer, we'll see, what do you got for me today? And there's just this impress me blow my mind give me some greek and hebrew you better know greek you know it's like get it to get like but i i just got to tell you there there's i have heard some bad capital b a d sermons in my lifetime okay as a pastor's kid we're the worst people in fact i'm pretty surprised i'm still a christian i'll be honest with you okay it's like it's like i could just be extremely judgmental but, but every now and then I'll be walking out of a service and somebody will say these words. That's the best message I've ever heard. And I'll just look at them and go, you need new ears. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? There's no way of the best. Like, you must have never heard anyone in your life. Like, what's going on? And the difference between me and them is posture. Attitude. You want to know what they are? Sometimes that I'm not hungry for God's word. And a hungry person will eat anything. And there is, there is a, a humble posture that sometimes what I'll see from people is they'll have a pen and pad and they'll go, Lord, say anything to me. I need you to speak to me. I have so much going on in my life. 
I'll take anything from God's word to show me my next step. What kind of soil are you today? What is your posture towards God's word? Uh, one of the things that I, I, I like to do, uh, especially when I'm, I'm uh, helping someone kind of learn their faith, is some people just kind of open the Bible and they go, I don't know where to start. What do I do? Like, where do I go? Um, I always encourage people to do a proverb a day. I like to say a proverb a day keeps the doctor away. I don't know if that's true. You could probably still get sick while reading Proverbs, but nevertheless, it's worked for me. And uh, whatever day it is, you know, today is uh, July 2nd. And so today, if you don't know what to read, read Proverbs 2. Um, I've been doing this for probably 10, 15 years. When my posture is humble, it's amazing what I learn from what I've read a thousand times. It's amazing what God can show you. When you're in a posture that says, Lord, whatever it is you want to say to me, I'm here for it. Because I, I, at this first level that Jesus is talking about, I don't think Satan has to do that much work for God's word to go in one ear and out the other. Because for some of us, I think we just move on. I think we just move on to email, work, kids, vacations. Trying to find a home, getting the bit, selling the other one, you know, like, I think we just sometimes just, just move on, but I just, I gotta encourage you, if you wanna have some momentum in your faith, slow down long enough to say, Lord, I, I wanna be the kind of soil that actually sees growth, because Jesus describes the second level, he says, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. I think one of the things that breaks my heart from, you know, from being a Christian a very long time is I've seen a lot of people uh, that find themselves being seasonal Christians. They're excited about the things of God in certain seasons. But then they have other seasons where it's, ah, I, just, I don't have time. It's, there are ebbs and flows. Sometimes they're in, sometimes they're out. Unfortunately, I've, I know a lot of people that have just decided to just be out. And they're still out right now. Because, well, life happens. As soon as they have problems. Marriage problems. Money problems. Parenting problems. I think I just heard a kid say, yeah. Um, <laughs> career problems. Friendship problems. I mean, as soon as problems come. You know, it's funny. <laughs> when problems come, you know what our inclination is? To fix it. <laughs> Instead of running to a God. <laughs> Instead of running to his word to say... I don't have any idea what I'm doing. Lord, would you help me? Us, we're going, I got this, God. We're going to take a break while I go fix my life. That's a great plan. No, it's a horrible plan. But that's what happens at level two. Level three is interesting. It says that the seed that fell among thorns represents others who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is 
The message is crowded out by the worries of life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. Uh, Christian or not, can I encourage you this weekend? God wants your life to be fruitful. I don't know what you've heard about God. I don't know what you've heard about church. This is what I know to be true for you and me. God wants your life to be fruitful. What does that mean? It means that um, all of the hard work that you do in your life, in all of the different areas of your life, what God desires for you is for there to be fruit from it. For you to get something in return for all of the work that you're doing every single day. The work that you put in your marriage. God wants there to be fruit there. The work that you put in your career, the education you went and got, the degree. He wants there to be fruit in your life. God desires for you to have productivity in your life. And I can tell you how many people I'm on the phone with that I sit across from. That feel like they're like on a hamster wheel. They're working so hard. But they're in the same place. They were a year ago and five years ago. And, and, it, and it's amazing how Jesus just says, man, it, how distracted you and I can become when it comes to God's word. The worries of life. I, do I even need to list the worries of life? Some of us are. Worried about our kids so much that we don't even spend time with God. We just worry and worry and worry. Some of us are worried about our popularity and belonging. Some of us are worried about our purpose. Some of us are worried about our relationships. It's interesting. Jesus also mentions the lure of wealth. That perhaps you and I could easily fall For the DFW, especially the North DFW wealth trap of saying, I just gotta, and I just gotta, and I just gotta, and I just gotta, and I gotta, and I gotta upgrade every single thing in my life, and nothing is ever good enough. And we all have at least one neighbor, one friend that is always going to one up us in North Dallas in one way or another. You were happy with your vacation until you saw their post on Facebook and they're on a yacht and you're on a jet ski and you're like, it's just not enough. And then you went to Great Wolf Lodge and then they're at Disney and it's just before we know it. We're consumed and we may not even be able to admit it that sometimes for us, we've got to take a step back and go, Lord, if I made space for you, because I'm so worried about all these other things and I'm addicted to this grind that I was told that I have to do. If our faith doesn't become our priority. I guarantee you something else will become our priority. And so if you and I could just be honest this weekend and we could say, hey, you know what? My faith actually isn't my number one priority. Okay, if we could all admit that. Okay, it's great. Now we have to answer the question. What is our number one priority? And is that worth giving our life to? 
dare I say, giving our soul to. Those are some things that I think reading this text makes us step back and go, have I, have I made God's word a priority in my life at all? And I just, I love, I love the fourth level. Mark 4 verse 20 says, And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. This is a, about a person that doesn't just hear the word, they, they believe it. They don't just hear the idea of forgiveness and go, oh, yeah, that'd be nice. Well, yeah, it would be nice for someone, you know, to forgive us. But when we have to go do the forgiving, it's like, do we really, do we really believe? Do we really accept? Do we really want to allow God's word to permeate each and every part of our life? Because when we do, what Jesus describes is a life that is extremely fruitful. I love what James chapter 1 verse 22 says. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. I think you and I can't just be people that just hear great things. I think you and I have to be the kinds of people that hear God's word and say, how in the world can I go and do this? Uh, In Jewish learning, they talk about the different levels of learning. And you can kind of see this through the parable of the soils. The parable of the soils. Uh, They say, hey, uh, you can be a a quick learner and a quick doer. In other words, uh, you learn things quick and then you apply them quick. Um, Then you could be a quick quick learner. But a slow doer, like you learn some things about relationships, but it just took a while for you to actually apply that. Does that make sense? It's like like you can be a a quick learner, but a a slow doer. Don't look at your spouse. Don't look at your kids right now. Okay, just we're just talking. All right. We're having a conversation. It says or uh, you can be a, a slow learner. But once you learn, you're a quick doer. The other option is, well, you could be a a slow learner. And a slow doer. I don't know about you, but whatever it is that God wants to teach me, I want to learn it as quick as I can. Not rushed. But what you'll see in Scripture sometimes is God will have to tell the same person the same thing two or three times. Just like we have to with our kids. Just like our parents had to do with us. My prayer is that you and I could be the kinds of people but say, you know what, or whatever it is that you want to show me, my heart's wide open to it. And may I be swift to apply that into my life. Stat. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Chase Oaks has a Friday night service. Friday nights at, at 7 p.m. You should come sometimes. It's fun. And uh, we arrived here Friday night. Um, at 6:10, and or I well at around 6:10, the power goes out in the entire building. That's how hot it is. I don't know 
Or this is just what happens when Jeff leaves town and leaves me in charge. That's his fault. I don't know. What happened? Did we not pay the bill? I think the bill was paid, but you know, whoever the electricity provider is, shut our stuff off. And so, you know, it just, it, we, we, we had no power. And, and so we, we waited about 35 minutes to see if the power would come back on. And we said, hey, we're, gonna, we're just going to call it at 645. And people are, are showing up and the air conditioning is slowly leaving the building. And, and uh, kids are coming up and we can't check anybody in. And, and at 6.45, no power. We said, all right, no service tonight. And, and then, uh, you know, we're making calls to Jeff and all of the powers that be here at Chase Oaks. And I said, sorry, so no service. And then uh, kudos to, to Dane, uh, our worship leader. He says, uh, what if we still had church? We're like, well, I mean, I mean, I'm ready, you know, I mean, like, I, I mean, I, I'm ready to go. But it's like, what are the what are the logistics of it? And what is it? And uh, we just all, all we had was a Bible and a guitar. And so we just decided to have church in the dark. <laughs> and so so we had some like. Uh, ancillary light, like some emergency power came back on and they're like, Hey, this will last like 15 minutes. And so like, we like bum rush everybody in here as fast as we could. We're like, all right, we're going to have church really fast. All right. So Dane sings a song and I, I did this entire message in about seven minutes. Okay. They got the cliff notes. All right. And I just say, Hey, just go home and read it. God will tell you. And so we just, <laughs> but you know what? I just, I just got to tell you, it was good for my soul. It, there was something special about it that I'll never forget of just having something stripped away. And it's just like, well, what do you got? Because the church has never been a building. It's always been a group of people that just gather around God's word and go, what does it mean for you? What does it mean for me? And how can we go and apply this and help our community and help our neighbor and love our spouse and be great to our kids and make a difference in our, at our job? And we just, we just did that Friday night. Apparently, God's word doesn't need electricity. Who knew? Maybe something's been stripped away in your life that you think is unfair. I agree. But what would you do if I told you I think it's good for you? Sometimes the stuff we are holding on to was never meant to be held on to in the first place. Perhaps you lost that thing so that you could grab a hold of God's word in a new and fresh way in your life. My prayer for you and for me is that we would be the kinds of people this week in the middle of the summer to begin to open up God's word and say, I, I'm not a theologian, I'm not a pastor, I am not a Bible aficionado, but, but I want to hear from you. I want to make a difference in the world around me. And so... I, our, our, our homework this weekend is I just want you to pick one verse and act on it. You pick. It's your verse. Pick, pick one verse and act on it. Love your neighbor. All right. Maybe you don't even know your neighbor's name. That would be a start. Keep it moving. Yeah. Like, the, you, like you, should go, you should do that. You're like, I don't even like my neighbor. Perfect. We're moving on. We got some other scriptures for that too. Like, like pick one verse and act on it. Do nothing out of 
Selfish ambition. Consider others better than yourself. That would change how you work. Right? Because our ambition is for us to consistently be elevated. What if you just went to work a little bit different today, this week, and just said, I'm going to take a week off of just my grind and my career path. and I'm going to help somebody else. You should try it. It's amazing what happens when you begin to apply the Bible and apply God's word into your life. What I believe happens is you begin to see fruit from all of your hard work. I believe God has something that he wants to say to each and every person that's watching, that's listening to today's message. And my hope and prayer is that whatever God does want to say to you, would not go in one ear and out the other. That we wouldn't allow Satan to come and steal it. That it wouldn't just be a seasonal thing. That it wouldn't just be this thing where we get a lot of joy in one moment. And then in the next, it's gone. No, I pray that we would be the kind of people that truly absorb and accept God's word for what it is. It's not just a, a self-help book. No, it can be an anchor for your soul. No, it, it, it can do wonders. It could change your life. If you let it. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to share your word. On a 4th of July weekend where we celebrate the freedom that you have bestowed upon us. God, I pray that we would be the kinds of people that open up your word. That our posture towards your word would be so humble. That we would be the kinds of people that pull out a pen and a pad and say, Lord, I may have, I may have read this story a hundred times, but I, I just believe that you can, you can show me something new. That I can then go and apply to my life. For my friends that are going through a tough season, I pray, God, that they would open up your word, seek you for guidance. I pray that they wouldn't try and fix their life on their own. No, you have given us a playbook. And I pray, God, that we would make it a priority in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen.